Welcome to Nina's Notes, a weekly non-technical science newsletter. I'm Nina, a former health tech founder and CEO with a PhD in pharmaceutical science and a decade working in biotech. I break down topics across health, longevity, and psychedelics each week. I do the research so you don't have to, and you can apply this knowledge to live a long and healthy life. Now onto this week's note. Number 57, biology and outer space. What can we learn from zero gravity? In this note, biology and outer space, to sleep in a sea of stars, space traffic. If you haven't subscribed to Nina's Notes yet, click that subscribe button now. Number 57, biology and outer space. When you look up at the night sky, you may look at the stars and wonder what's up there. You may think about traveling to new planets, gazing into new solar systems, and dreaming about more planets like Earth you probably aren't thinking about space research. Yeah, me neither. I recently found out this is happening, and it's so cool. A large part of space exploration is about experimenting in space, in the elements that we don't have here down on Earth, like a vacuum or in microgravity. On the International Space Station, there are scientific experiments happening all the time. A complete log of all the experiments going on can be found on NASA's website in the Space Station Research Explorer. Experiments are being conducted span across many disciplines. Everything we study on Earth has the potential to also be studied in space and in synthetic microgravity. Research fields include Earth and space science, human research to find out the risks that space poses on human health, and technology demonstration like 3D printing in space. Even plants are taken in space to see how they tolerate space travel. Scientists are researching physical science by exploring how to harness the properties of elements in the space environment, as things act so differently. Watch this astronaut wringing out a wet washcloth by following this link. And of course, we are studying biology and biotechnology in space. Why use microgravity for biology experiments? The unique environment of microgravity allows scientists to study biological processes in ways that are not possible on Earth. Below are a few of the biology experiments happening right now on the ISS. Culturing cells. In a laboratory on Earth, when scientists take cells out of the body and grow them in order to do experiments, they do so on a flat surface, and the cells adhere to the surface and replicate. Without the support of the body or the organ that the cells originally came from, gravity can act on them differently, making them more two-dimensional. However, our bodies are three-dimensional, and its cells are three-dimensional, so it's possible we're missing out on key insights by studying cellular processes in a two-dimensional environment. Protein crystallization. Microgravity is very interesting to utilize when investigating proteins. Proteins are the large molecules involved in all biological processes that support the vital activities of cells in an organism. On Earth, we crystallize proteins in order to study their 3D structure and to find binding pockets. Locating these binding pockets allows scientists to be able to, to design drugs to inhibit or activate proteins and become medicines. Proteins crystallize differently in space compared to Earth. Scientists have found that crystals appear more ordered and larger in size. Getting these high-resolution protein crystals in space can help in further determining their structure and can aid in drug development. Plants in space. Plants exposed to environmental stress, like spaceflight, undergo changes to adapt. Whether those changes are passed down to the next plant generation is unknown. 
A current experiment called Plant Habitat 3 will answer the question, can plants transfer space flight adaptations to the next generation? If plants do transfer those changes, the scientists are curious to know how many times that adaptation will be passed down through the generations of plant reproduction. The experiment will create a second generation of plants using seeds previously produced in space and returned to Earth. The results could provide insights into how to grow multiple generations of plants to provide food on future long-term space missions. The findings could also support development for adapting crops on Earth. Aging research. Telomeres are genetic structures that protect our chromosomes. Telomeres shorten as we age, and aging research has been investigating if we can delay or rebuild our telomeres. However, telomeres act differently in space. Research has shown that telomeres actually lengthen in space rather than shorten. The phenomenon was first observed in astronaut Scott Kelly, who was the subject of NASA's twin study, CRAZY. Genes in Space 10, an experiment designed by Pristine Onua, a high school student from North Carolina, will seek to elucidate the mechanism behind telomere lengthening. This experiment concludes the Genes in Space competition, a program funded by Boeing and Mini-PCR-Bio, that invited students grades 7 to 12 to design biology experiments that address real-world challenges in space exploration. I wish they had that program when I was in school. There is so much we can learn from the unique environment of space. Studying biology in space can not only prepare us for future space explorations, but can also bring tangible benefits to human health on Earth. Discoveries made in space can potentially unlock new medical treatments, discover new biological processes, and improve our agricultural practices on Earth. I can't wait to see the results of the experiments. Who's working on it? Axiom Space is building the first commercial space station while currently using the International Space Station to do breakthrough research. They are making it easier to access space to conduct experiments so that researchers can study protein crystallization, extreme environments, and even aging. Yuri Gravity is building biology space labs that can make experimenting in space reproducible and reliable. They have also built ground simulators to create a microgravity environment here on Earth. The Book of the Week. To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini. One star out of five. Author of the best-selling book, Aragon and Subsequent Inheritance Cycle, brings us a too-long sci-fi book about strange aliens called The Jellies and the Nightmares. I think this is the first time I've ranked a book one star. I usually love sci-fi, but I did not love this sci-fi. There were times I put it down and didn't want to pick it back up. Other than feeling that the book dragged along, I found it difficult to read some of the dialogue between the main character, Kira, and the aliens as the dialogue used alien jargon. I don't want to give any spoilers, but the ending was just weird. Apparently there is a sequel, Fractal Noise, pass. Check this out, space traffic is growing. 2022 was a record year with 180 successful rocket launches to orbit. Most of those launches were from SpaceX, Elon Musk's US space company, and from the Chinese government and businesses. SpaceX launches one of its Falcon rockets into orbit every six days throughout the year. SpaceX launched 61 of the U.S. total of 72 rockets in 2022. China set up 62 rockets, triple that of Russia. And Europe, on the other hand, had 15 successful launches in 2021 and only five in 2022. With all those launches, what's going up into space? 
SpaceX is carrying commercial payloads. They are a courier to space. Those commercial payloads include the company's own Starlink communication satellites and research cargo for NASA and commercial companies like Axiom Space and Yuri Gravity, to name a few. In addition to useful objects, a lot of space junk is being left behind. According to a McKinsey and Company report, there are now approximately 20,000 pounds of junk in space, like inactive satellites, rocket parts, and missile debris. Space junk can be as large as a school bus or as small as paint chips. Trackers have their eyes on approximately 30,000 objects, but there are approximately 670,000 Cheerio-sized objects capable of puncturing the International Space Station. To prevent more space junk, organizations like the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, COPUS, and the European Space Agency, ESA, are already establishing guidelines for space travel, satellite deorbit, and junk removal. And a Japanese company, Astroscale, has secured 80 million from the Japanese government to use their magnetic system to capture and tow space debris to inspect a defunct satellite for removal. Thanks for listening to Nina's Notes number 57. If you like this newsletter, click the share button and send it to a friend.